The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm Taylor. I am so excited today. I have Dr. Spencer Nodolsky joining me. Hey, Dr. Hey. Hey. I have been Weight Watchers obsessed, like, for, I mean, a minute. And um, I am just so excited because Dr. Spencer, we're going to go with Dr. Spencer. We're going to be informal here. That's fine. But you are here because you are working with Weight Watchers. Yep. You are their first ever medical director. First ever. Yes. And 2023 was a really big year for the fight against obesity. Yes. And this is a massive step in the direction of GLP-1s coming more into the um limelight limelight if there you, you will go. as they deserve to be that's right they're the bomb.com i would say so. <laughs> so now now to be fair people are always like these aren't miracle drugs i'm like they kind of, in some ways they are but we we can we'll talk about the side effects and those types of things of course we're going to do like a start to finish a, a whole comprehensive conversation about glp ones now yeah. you might be like what's that you might have heard it by a different name maybe a Semaglutide? Uh, people colloquially will say Ozempic, but that's the brand name for semaglutide or semaglutide, actually. So oh. People always say semaglutide. I'm always so I say semaglutide, tomato, tomato. But whenever I say semaglutide, people are like, you don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm like, you're like, actually, I'm like, I don't know. I, you guys don't know. Semaglutide, <laughs> semaglutide, tomato, tomato. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. My underbelly is showing. I'm mortified. That's <laughs> fine. But but to go back, Ozem- people call everything, they call every GLP-1 yes. Ozempic because colloquially that's that's just the name that got picked up but right semaglutide was first branded as ozempic for type 2 diabetes right. there is Wegovy, yes which is a, is semaglutide just at different dosages but that one's actually fda approved for obesity or weight management okay so this is the thing so let's talk about the distinction between um a glp1 and all the other stuff that we've been hearing about in the zeitgeist yeah, so GLP-1, glucagon-like peptide 1, it's a natural hormone that comes from our intestines. The thing is that our own bodies break it down within minutes, like very quickly. Okay. So scientists figured out ways to develop these GLP-1, what they call agonists or analogs, that our body doesn't break down as quickly. And they've been doing this for almost two decades. There was one that came out in 2005. That was the first one based off this uh, lizard, the Gila monster, uh, this this venomous saliva that they found was similar uh, to our own GLP-1. And and they they found ways to go, hey, look, this won't break down as easily in the body. They had injected twice a day, though. Had a little bit of weight loss. Okay. And then through through the years, though, they found ways to go, oh, wow, we can make the half-life longer. We can make it in certain ways that will hit the receptors differently in the body. And now they figured out how to make it last a week about and then also hit the receptors in ways that, like, really affect appetite and all sorts of different things. Yeah, and we're going to talk about food noise, too. I'm, like, mm-hmm. super obsessed with it because I have experienced um, <clears throat> a complete chemical rejiggering in my head and it's yeah. I mean, unbelievable i love like, to hear it weight loss is great but I, actually, I i didn't expect to anticipate that the food noise is the biggest takeaway for me so we'll get into what food i can't wait to, i can't wait to hear that too but first things first i do want to talk about the introduction of glp1s into weight watchers because yeah. weight watchers is a trusted brand you know i mean like i said i've been on and off it for i mean since i can remember and um 
this is a major step forward for GLP ones. Uh, having a brand like Weight Watchers kind of, I guess, co-sign and introduce um, these types of drugs into their program. So explain how they are being introduced into Weight Watchers. Yeah, I think it's also a big paradigm shift into explaining obesity as more of a chronic disease or condition or whatever anybody Absolutely. will say. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal because, you know, in the perception of the public is basically that, you know, Weight Watchers kind of thinks of obesity as a behavioral issue. That's they have a behavioral program and that's kind of been the motto. Mm -hmm. You know, they, the scientists there, they have a whole science team that I'm now a part of. They all understood uh, obesity as a biological, has biological underpinnings. But like, you know, the perception overall is that, you know, mostly it's just a behavioral program. And, and if you don't do well on it, well, it's because you're just not sticking to it type of thing. You don't have willpower or yet you're not trying hard enough. Definitely. Yeah, that's kind of the perception. Mm -hmm. So for them to step out, it, it was a big deal to, to doctors It this, you know, some of these doctors made big posts on social media about how like, hey, if Weight Watchers is now saying obesity is a disease, maybe this whole paradigm will shift in the public's uh, uh, appearance. So bless and um, believe. Yes. Truly. And, and, you know, so, OK, so if you look at it, behavior will work for some individuals. Right. People respond. But when you want to get the whole spectrum of what we call now weight health, like if, you know, there's going to be some people that respond to behavior, but there's going to be a lot of people that just don't respond. Yep. So what are you going to do? Well, you know, these there are some other drugs in the past that were decent, um, but now we're getting to the point where these drugs are really filling that gap in between behavior, which gets around maybe five, maybe 10 percent wow. of average body weight loss over the course of a you know, of a year. And then you jump from there to all the way to bariatric surgery. I have a lot of friends, family members, listeners who have seen my journey and have been like, how do I get involved? And they have yet to be able to. And I feel like this is kind of the shift where maybe they're going to finally be able to find a point of entry. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what are the other types of drugs that they should be knowing about and yeah. keeping an ear open for? So the most powerful one is called Terzepatide. That's the that's the generic name of, of the medicine. But the brand name is called Zepbound. That's the one made for or obesity slash weight management. There is the same exact drug, terzepatide, that's marketed or branded as Manjaro, uh -huh. which is for type 2 diabetes. So similar to how Ozempic is for type 2 diabetes and Wegovy is for obesity. However, the differences with Manjaro and Zepbound, they're literally the same doses in the same titration and all that type uh -huh. of stuff. So um, yeah, those are, that's the newest, most powerful one that just got approved. Is that bound? We love that bound. That bound. It's, it's a vibe. Leaps and that bound beyond. <laughs> it's so true. Speaking of diabetes, I have to bring this up because, you know, the internet loves to internet and there's a lot of, there's food noise, which we're going to talk about. There, but yeah. There's also people noise, uh, you know, in society. Yeah. And there's been a lot of people who are naysayers, maybe against these drugs. And they like to accuse people who are on certain drugs. So they are stealing from people who need them for diabetes. Is that the truth or is that a myth? No, I mean, I, I suppose if you look at like people using them for vanity weight loss purposes, don't, right. and when I say vanity, people, a lot of people, even if they have health problems, they want to lose weight and their number one goal is might be vanity, might not even be health. So right. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that don't have clinically meaningful amounts of weight to lose to improve their health. Meaning like, let's say 10, 20 pounds. Right. That, and you have you have no health problems. You don't even fit any of the FDA criteria, which we'll get into. Right. Uh, you're just doing it to maybe fit into some new clothes. You're doing it for what whatever event. Right. Van, purely vanity, not health purposes. You don't meet the FDA criteria. I would say, if anything, the, you know those people are are taking away the supply from anybody. But I will Absolutely. say. 
those with clinically uh, clinical indications, obesity and type 2 diabetes, and there might be some other metabolic issues in between, those people it's, it's indicated for. Now, what people will say is that, but what about the ones that are FDA approved for uh, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and mm. the people with obesity are using those ones? I'm like, they're the same drug. We're allowed to write things off-label anyway. Right. So I, who's, who am I to say that that person deserves it versus this person versus that person? Right. Um, honestly, they have clinical indications regardless. It's the same peptide. It's the same compound. So again, I know a lot of my listeners are going, okay, I'm in, I want on. So what are the steps that they need to take in order to see if they're even eligible to be a part of this? And by the way, it's called the Weight Watcher Clinic. Yeah, Weight Watchers Clinic. Yes. Mm -hmm. And basically this is like your baby, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the way you... First, you can see if you're eligible. First, you can go to our little quiz. We have a little quiz on our on our website. You can go and sign up. You can put in your height and weight, all your medical problems, and it will it will determine quickly whether you're even eligible to get the medicine. Right. Now, I will say that like there are people that have been using the medicine that can still join because if you've been using the medicine and lost weight and now you don't meet the FDA guidelines, it would just be considered maintenance of the medicine. Right. Because we consider obesity as a chronic disease. It would be similar to hypertension. You don't just stop somebody's blood pressure medicine. When their blood pressure gets low, it would just go right back up. So um, we we do the same thing with medicine. So you go to the website, weightwatchers.com, and then there's a little clinic um, tab there and you can click on it and then take the little quiz and it'll tell you whether you're eligible or not. And then you guys also have introduced uh, telemedicine. So that way we are going to be, so essentially if you go and you're eligible, then you are set up with an, an actual like yeah. concierge doctor, if you will. Yeah, kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'd call him concierge, but maybe me, I suppose you could. It makes it's me just, feel fancy. Yeah, okay. You're, you have a concierge <laughs> doctor. <laughs> just let me feel rich for yes, a doctor's yes. We're here sitting in these nice chairs. You're going to feel nice and rich. <laughs> oh, this house? I feel rich AF. Yeah. I'm thriving It today. is pretty nice. It's really it is nice, nice here at the Weight Watchers house. Um, okay, and then from, from then yes. on, they help direct you in terms of like which medications you should be on. Yeah. They help you also to see if your insurance will cover yeah. it. These yeah. are amazing things because before the Weight Watchers Clinic, this did not exist. Yeah. We were on the wild, wild west. Yeah, I mean, you could go to your, you could go to your primary care doctor. Yes. A lot of them don't feel comfortable. And then the other thing is if they do feel comfortable, what I'm seeing a lot and hearing a lot is that there's a whole barrier to getting this medicine. There's an insurance barrier. You have to jump through hoops. It's something called a prior authorization. Yes. Insurances want to like make you jump through hoops. They don't want to pay for this stuff because they're expensive. Right. So they're going to make sure that the, the moon is blue on this certain day. And, you know, they have all these crazy requirements. Totally. And, and, they're, and they're getting more stringent because they, they, they want to make sure that it's not for vanity weight loss. And I get it. Right. I get it. But like, now we're now we're putting barriers up for those people who really need who this really medicine. Really need this medicine. I know my um, and she'll be comfortable with me saying this, but my sister, um, she is dying to get on these drugs. Yeah. Um, and so she's been watching my journey because we have very similar body types, and she's like, "Oh my god, you know, you're like really like thriving. I want in." So she tried to find somebody in Massachusetts, and it was going to be. $1,200 yeah. a month. So this is another thing is cost is a big thing. So first of all, it's, are you eligible? Second of all, are the medications even available, right? Mm-hmm. Will insurance cover them? If not, how much money are people, you know, supposed to be putting out for, yeah. uh, you know, for their health essentially. Yeah. And so for my sister, that entry point was like, there's just absolutely no way she can budget that in. But do you feel like for anybody who's been struggling with that 
part of the process that this clinic will help them to get in at a lower price? Yeah, well, it's it's hard. Your insurance has to be able to cover it. Like if you have an exclusion okay. on your, they'll just be like, zip, nope, they won't even, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Okay. But if they do have it on their formulary, then there's the whole process of like, okay, now we can go through this prior authorization process. The thing that we did that was different is we saw that as like the big barrier. So we had a, we, my operation team, like this is where they really excelled. Okay. They focused on having a team that figured out how to efficiently do these prior authorizations and doing them in a way, not fraudulently either. You can't do it fraud because otherwise you, you start saying somebody has type two diabetes when they don't have type two mm -hmm. diabetes. That's bad news bears. It's mm -hmm. not only for the physician's license, everything could be bad. So you, you do them truthfully, but like you have to make sure that you, you're detailed and you say like, oh, this person tried already diet and exercise for six months. So th again, these are ways that they try to make sure that like, is this person actually eligible for this? So right. like, luckily, you know, a lot of people have already tr done Weight Watchers and like have been doing Weight Watchers for six months. Here's my receipts. We already have the receipts because right. they've come through us. So we have all these, uh, doc all this documentation that, you know, these people are eligible. Then it goes to the insurance and they say, the insurance goes, okay, they're okay to go get the medicine. So the way it works with us is you you come in, you take the quiz, you're eligible. You're set up with a, a physician or a nurse practitioner, both of whom should be uh, board certified. Okay. Half of our physicians are board certified in obesity medicine. A bunch of them are going to go take the test soon and get their um, their accreditation and all this different stuff. Uh, and then a lot of our nurse practitioners have a strong interest in obesity medicine. Anyway, we go, th they go through a training process and uh, I make videos for it. And we, we have this like a rigorous process where we watch them closely. Bedside matter is actually really important to me yeah. because people have been stigmatized their whole life. They've, they, some people have like PTSD, just going to the doctor, even talking about weight. So many things have happened to me over the years. And yeah, I definitely, I remember I stopped going to my PCP because I felt so weight shamed and maybe in their defense, you can speak to this, yeah. but I think I had gained like, since my wedding, a wedding weight's not real. Yeah, That's a crazy on. weight. And I have maybe put on 10, 15 pounds since my wedding. That's from love. I got a divorce. So oh, no, no that's... Love. Sorry, I, I'm... My bad. My husband <laughs> does not get that My credit. bad. But, um, but basically, I kind of stopped going to her because she made me feel ashamed of the weight that I put on. And... I kind of didn't feel safe going to her anymore. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have experiences like that with doctors. It's, that's, that's what's sad. So the, the reason we made this in the process of it is like, we have to be, we have to be like obesity sensitive, weight sensitive. Mm -hmm. We call it website manner, bedside manner. I don't really care what you call it, but you like, we cannot put blame or moral failing on patients. Mm -hmm. Tell them, Hey, you just need to like track your, your stuff a little bit better. You need to do this and this and this. Everybody that comes, they've been doing this for years. They've, I mean, I don't, <laughs> we get the weight history and they've tried di 10 different diets and different things in the past. Right. You get people on the internet said, well, did you do it right? I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, they're just, it's just so ridiculous. So I, um, I had put on about 60 or 70 pounds um, over the course of, I'd say like, I don't know, since I met my now wife. Mm. Um, 
True now love. That, now True that love. is love weight. Now True that is love. love weight. Also, she's a football fan, so it's also oh, like a nice. lot of chicken wings. And she's from Philly, so a lot of cheesesteaks. What is it, the Eagles or are you guys Eagles? Friggin' Eagles, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, go birds. But <laughs> I will say that, I mean, you know, gaining like, I don't know, uh, 10 pounds out of love, fine, but like 70, it was just, yeah. it was getting really, I, I was starting to really worry about my mm-hmm. health and it was really affecting my health. So, and I'm very open with my audience about, you know, my weight struggles yeah. and, you know, I've been on this diet. I mean, the fat diets I've been on don't even get me started. I would love to hear it. Um, the, okay. What was your favorite one or what the, the worst, the most ridiculous one that you can look back on? The, okay. So for our wedding, I did, um, I need to lose fast. So I had to yeah. abandon Weight Watchers because Weight Watchers is actually yeah, healthy. Yeah, like reasonable, sensible. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. So the epitome of a fad diet, it was called... Should I say their name or does that mean? Uh, well, you can describe it. How about you describe okay, it? Okay, okay. So it basically is like a form of keto. Yeah, yeah. And you have to eat like literally your body weight and meat. It's okay. disgusting. And you're not allowed any vegetables. Oh, wow. Like really strict keto. Like, I mean, they even like count like mustard. Like you have to like one tablespoon of mustard, mustard. a day. Psychotic. And weird. you're drowning yourself in water, like oh. waterboarding yourself. Yeah. And then the amount, I remember saying to Tay, if I have to eat one more ounce of meat, like I'm going to, I'm going to die. This is it. I can't do it. So that was, that was a weird diet because I've never eaten so much and, but then also lost so much weight. Yeah. And I remember I went in and I wasn't losing fast and they said, you have to eat more. I was like, I can't have yeah, this is it. turkey bacon. This is it. So that was crazy. Effective. And then the second I went off, give me a break. I gained yeah. all the weight I lost and then another like 20 pounds. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh my God, I went on, this is so insane. And in like probably early college, I mean, fasting is the whole shebang, but there was this thing called the grapefruit diet that yeah, I wanted. That was I love, that's my favorite one. I love talking about that one because it's just insane. <laughs> it's insane. Wait, refresh my memory. I think I like, I think I buried the memory from trauma. I don't even, I don't even know, but the fact, like the fact that it's just focusing on grapefruit. I think it's all you can eat is grapefruit. Yes. If memory serves right. And then the grape strawberry watermelon diet. Oh. So basically that's all you can eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you start off with like an entire watermelon wow. and then you slowly go down in portion size. Or maybe it's, you start with like a quarter and then you build to one whole Amazing. watermelon. Psychotic. Amazing. So that's the thing is people, you know, so I remember when I was going to go on these drugs, people, or even inquiring about them, I had somebody on my Facebook page actually for my uh, daily radio show say, why doesn't she just like shut her mouth? Like, like close that big mouth talking and also Classic. from eating and she should, um, eat less and move more. Yeah. It's so simple. And I went on the air and Dr. Spencer, I cried because mm. I was like, first of all, this is so personal to me. I'm yeah. being so honest and vulnerable to then get dragged and not be supported. And then also, I think I was upset because I like, this is how society views people who have weight struggles and it's so unfair. Like what a privilege to be able to eat healthy and exercise and lose weight. Cause that's not how it works. What about, what about the privilege of people that don't do any of those things and they still stay thin. Don't even get me started. That's what I love to point out about the genetics. I'm like, there are people that don't give a damn and they're walking around and they stay thin despite, despite not caring. Yeah. And so like, is it bio is it not is it are they are they they have a lot of willpower no No, they don't it's biological usually i mean not to call you out honey but my wife Mm. is one of those people Ah. and i mean again 
why I gained so much weight. I couldn't keep, I couldn't eat yeah. like her, but I did because I was trying to be cool. Yeah, that's love. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm loving the conversation that's happening around obesity and uh, weight management and weight struggles. And I mean, it's about damn time. Yeah. So thank you for yeah. doing that for the rest it, of us. I mean, you know, when you start, this happened in medical school. I, I didn't, in college, I kind of thought of it as like a, you know, a discipline issue. I kind of thought the same thing. Right. And so I think innately most people kind of think that that's how pervasive the stigma is mm -hmm. people just in bias you, you look at someone that has excess weight and like i guess they don't really care they're or they're, they're lazy. not they're lazy they're mm -hmm. gluttonous they're not really trying why don't they just eat less and when you start thinking of it more of as like a biological thing like why don't you just breathe less literally why don't you just like not be so tired why don't you know like why don't you, why don't you stay away from that? You know, you got an itch or something. Why don't you just not scratch that? It like biological. Exactly. And also I saw, first of all, Dr. Spencer has the greatest Instagram account. <laughs> Go follow him. It's at Dr. Spencer. Uh, it's, it's Dr. Nadolsky on, um, D-R-N-A-D-O-L-S-K-Y on, on Instagram. You can just type in Dr. Spencer. I think you just start typing Dr. Spencer. It'll probably pop up. It does. So, um, but it's so informative, but it's funny. And also like you let it rip, which I totally yeah. respect. I love Wait, it. Weight Watchers probably is always like their PR people. Like, oh gosh, what, are they, what is he going to do next? I've, I've actually toned it down since I've become somewhat corporate. Um, although yeah. like it, the, the reason I made it was because a lot of the things I want to talk to patients about, you, you can't because of the shame. I don't want to make them feel shamed one-on-one. -on -one. And so like you can actually do some poking fun of fad diets and these types of things. Mm -hmm. And you, you really want to target the, the fad diet. You don't want to target and make people feel dumb for doing the fad diets. Yes. The, it's the diet's fault. Yes. yes. It's the diet's fault. And it and it's, is. it's our environment's fault. And, and I also like to kind of make fun of other, you know, these charlatans that will basically try to dupe other people into weird supplements and detoxes and those types of things. Totally. That's the other thing too. It's like, that's socially acceptable, but GLP ones are like this massive problem. It's so ass backwards. Yeah, it is. So, um, so that was this big thing with the Weight Watchers clinic. So that you get it, you get the quiz, you get, you're eligible to take it. You get evaluated from one of our clinicians. It can be done synchronously via video, uh -huh. or it can be done asynchronously. Some States allow you just to text back and forth. And some people prefer that because of scheduling. Right. But we, you know, people are like, how can you, how can you do that effectively? We get a very uh, stringent, we get a long history, weight history, and we can know a lot about them. And we make sure it's the same person. We have their IDs. We make them, you know, verify their weight yep. on a scale and all these I different did the, things. I did the whole thing. You did the yep. whole thing. Yep. And then, and then you, and then if they deem you eligible for one of these medicines, there are some other non-GLP-1 medicines, but the GLP-1 medicines are so powerful. Everybody wants them. And of if course. you're- and, and they're just the most clinically effective. And then when you go through the PA process, so that's why, that's why we developed it. And then, and then you are monitored also because they do have side effects. Yes. Let's talk about the side effects. Yeah. Side effects. Most common side effect from these medicines, mm -hmm. nausea by, by far. I don't know if you experienced. Absolutely. Okay. I even got prescribed. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but, um, what's not it? through us, <laughs> not through you, not through you, not through you. Um, what was it? Oh, Zofran. Oh, no, you're allowed to say that. Okay. You so can say Zofran. I was, when I first started this. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, so I was I was prescribed Zofran, and I needed it. I mean, and I was told, don't take it unless you're, like, literally yeah, running no, to the bathroom that's, that's to throw reasonable. up. Very and there were times where I was yeah. running to the bathroom. So na na nausea is to be expected, but 
it's really not as bad. I, I think people get really scared of the nausea. Yeah. It's not amazing, but it's not like it wouldn't prevent me from going on a GLP one. I'll tell yeah. you that much. It's the most common side effect. Mm-hmm. Expect there to be some mild to moderate nausea at some point during your journey because you start the medicine, you're new to the medicine. Some people don't feel it, and some people some people do get a more moderate to severe. It's 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 relatively rare, right. but it does it does happen from time to time. And then you may need something like a Zofran, an anti-nausea medicine. Right. What we do is we have a whole nutritional guideline of how to hopefully we have dietitians based by the way amazing dietitians a bunch of them are taking the medicines themselves and going through their own journey mm-hmm. so they have figured out how nutrition can affect side effects so our dietitians really help minimize side effects going through the journey i think this is where i may have misstepped in the past like in the very beginning of me starting this yeah what did um, you eat what did you eat that listen i'm hear. a bad girl no you're not see it's not bad you see you feel like it's more like why well, right. i can eat whatever you're you're about to say i think i don't know what you're about to say but and i'm not bad it i don't think the anyway. first so i'm like i have learned from weight watchers over the years that like it's proteins it's veggies yeah. it's fruits and that's like the good that, that's what you're on when you're being good right yeah and it does make you feel good and it tastes delicious. Like I trust me, I've been in like, I've been in modes with Weight Watchers where I'm like, this is like, this is a lifestyle and I'm like in it. And then yeah. I'm like, cake, McDonald's. Yeah. This was the first time I was ever able to lose weight while like, and again, it's about portion. That's yeah. the difference. But like, yeah, your girl What'd likes you, pizza. Yeah. Your what girl. kind of pizza was it? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like New Jersey, New York. Like we have the best freaking pizza in yeah. the world. Um, she likes McDonald's. Oh, and number yeah. seven is my jam. <laughs> Two cheeseburgers, but I would only Two eat like half of one. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, the French fries. Yeah. I'm like a bottomless pit for French fries. Uh, french I don't fries know what are to pretty, put I, my, my aunt, when I was younger, I used to love French fries so much. You're going to turn into a French fry. <laughs> I love them. Um, what else? Uh, lots of turkey sandwiches. Okay. I like foods I've never allowed, foods I've deemed bad bread, yeah. pasta, yeah. things like that, cheese. I've let myself indulge in because I eat such a small portion. Like I'll have toast for breakfast every single day. Oh, oh. And another thing that's crazy. I like OJ has been the sugar bomb enemy for a long time, but I found with this, that when I feel a little bit nauseous, actually orange juice kind of like helps bring up back my blood sugar. I think whatever it is, it's helping you feel better. It makes me feel it's like if you're hungover and you drink a Gatorade, it's like, that's what OJ does for me on like days where I might feel a little bit queasy. And so like I, my, my whole morning routine has changed. I'll start with like whole milk lot, like a tea latte and then orange juice and then a piece of toast, a small piece of toast with like butter and salt. And that sustains me for a long time. Mm. And then I'm not like, you know, the other thing that we need to talk about too is food noise. Yeah. So I was somebody like I had a roommate. She, my best friend in college, we're still friends to this day. And she was just flabbergasted at the way I'd wake up and be like, what are we doing for dinner? Cause I need to know to allocate my like food bank or food, like calorie yeah. counting. What are we going to do for dinner? So I can like then work backwards to figure out what I can eat or therefore not eat during the rest of the day. You know, will it just be egg whites? Like these like zero point foods that then I could like, you know, fill up on. So then I could have like a fun dinner, but by fun dinner, it's also like sushi. Like I still had to be conscious of what I was eating or like, am I going to drink? Like how much am I going to drink? I was very guilty of in college. Like a lot of my points went to um, Red oh, Bull vodka. Oh, alcohol, yum. I'm not proud of that. But, Up, uppers you know, and downers. 
What a horrible combination. Really. Classic. That's all right. Classic college. But um, I, I, I've, I, since I can remember Dr. Spencer, I've been obsessed with food. And like, it's all I think about all day long. And whether I'm being good and eating mm-hmm. well or being bad and like binging or, you know, letting it rip or whatever the terminology is, I've never, I've never in my life not been thinking about food until GLP-1s. Isn't that interesting? It's this new concept. Uh, you know, I've talked about it with our dietitian, Summer, a dietitian who's here yeah. with us. Awesome. You should follow her on, on um, social media as well. But we did some podcasts when these GLP-1s started becoming big and we started a, the program. And every patient kind of says the same thing. They didn't even realize they had it. I didn't. Until I thought they, everybody did. Yeah, they just assume. So like what people say is like, I now feel like what it must feel feel like to be in a someone that never struggled with their with their weight yeah and so this food noise we you know we have different definitions we kind of came up with this intrusive like constant thoughts about food that disrupt your your attempts at a healthy lifestyle basically make make lifestyle and diet all this stuff very difficult to do because if you're if you're just thinking about food all the time even if it's even if it's just like, like you said, you're having these thoughts, even when you're eating like super healthy foods versus, yeah. you know, even when you'd go on, you know, binges and, and eat the other stuff that you maybe were craving. So what people are trying to go like, isn't it just hunger? It's like, no, mm-hmm. true hunger. You feel it in your stomach. This is another, like, I describe, I'd actually, I want you to describe it because don't, don't listen. I, I know I get some of it sometimes, but it doesn't affect me as much as it would affect okay. other people. <clears throat> It's obsessive. And like you said, I never realized how bad it was. Like, I, I feel like I was in a prison of my own brain. Yeah. And now I have been set free. Like, I have been torturing myself. I cannot believe how long I have been spending in this, like, self-torture. Yes. And like you said, it's not my fault. I feel free and I've never felt it before. And I also don't feel guilty, which Mm -hmm. is like something I really deal with. And we can talk to my therapist about that too. But like, it's also a part of this food noise. And I just... I feel like now I can function as a full human being. Like I am swearing to you, my business has been thriving ever since I've been on GLP once because I have space in my brain, in my like emotional energy to like take on other things. I was so distracted and I didn't even know it. The amount of time, Dr. Spencer, I've wasted. It's like, I want that time back. It's liberating. It's liberating. Patients describe that their anxiety went away. And when they say their anxiety, it's it's the, the it. simple reason they had anxiety was just because of the obsessive thoughts about food. Yeah. And they're gone now. And they and even patients that don't, I, there are some patients, we can talk about how some people respond to the medicines and don't. Yeah. Some people, they don't even lose that much weight, but they're like, you're going to pry this from my cold, dead hands. Yep. E- like, even though I'm, I haven't lost much weight, I can't describe the quality of life. It has improved. That's it. I have quality of life now. And I did not have it before. So I was so anxious and I never realized it was based in food or maybe it's also brain chemistry. I will say too, your girl loves her wine. Okay. What's your, what's your wine? What's Sun the wine? Sarah, baby. Sun it is my jam. And I had to fight that craving every single night before I was huh. on GLP ones. I mean, your girl could put down a bottle yeah. and I'm not proud of that. Okay. Yeah. But it's I nor- could. It's somewhat, I would say it's somewhat uh, common. And now, I mean, it's only four glasses. Yeah, whatever. Big. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> or one of those big, big glasses. Or just is. one, depending yeah. on the size of the glass. Yeah. But um, I don't even think about it Isn't now. That amazing? Yep. I, all. So yeah, people are sitting here going like, 
I thought that obesity and all these things were, it's just a willpower thing, but clearly it's clearly. biological. Yep. And I've said to you, I, of course I enjoy the weight loss. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, but what I do enjoy more is the lack of anxiety in my That's head so and, and the food noise is gone. Like I'm one of those people, like I dare you to take this medication yeah. away from me. I need it for my head. So that brings me to this question. How long can people be on this? Yeah. Is it changing and altering because of this food noise um, conversation? Can we be on it forever? What's the deal? Yeah, they're, they're made to be on indefinitely. Nah. Take, yeah, taken chronically, continuously, just like any other chronic disease. It's I always talk about blood pressure, but you could think of it, any type 2 diabetes, any chronic disease type of medicine. Yep. Think about like a, a patient with asthma, and you're taking away their inhalers or their controller inhalers yeah. it would be like stopping although some some people that's the thing though then some people can stop those medicines right. over time and these some people can stop these medicines there are some people that think these should only be used for a short term to get their, their weight down and right. get them into healthy habits there's some people that say nope everybody has to take these long term i what i always tell people is that according to studies most people and i will say my clinical experience as well but you always have to go by a randomized control trials not your own clinical experience right. but they corroborate each other. So most people will have to take these things long-term in terms of like, it doesn't have to be the, the full dose. It can right. be a low dose. What I'm seeing is that some people crank up to the highest dose and they're like, you know what? I do want to kind of come off this if I can. So we titrate down, meaning we start stepping down on the medicine. Mm -hmm. And what they find is like, oh, no, no, you got to stop. It's my, the food noise is starting to come back and mm -hmm. I'm starting to regain weight. So then you stop them wherever that is. Some people that might be, they might have to stay on the highest dose. Mm -hmm. Then some other people, we find that they can go to the lowest dose. And then every, instead of every seven days, every week, you have to inject. All of a sudden, it's every other week or every 10 days. Oh, wow. And it's just enough to keep the food noise away. Really interesting stuff. Then some people can come right off and they're like, you know what? I'm okay. And what I believe those people, they didn't have the biological underpinnings. They they didn't have a strong, like, they're okay using lifestyle to, to keep the food noise away. Right. Or maybe they didn't have as much food noise in the beginning. And then there's other people, insurance forces them off the, the medicine, you know, right. like, you know, the insurance goes, yeah, we're not covering this thousand dollar medicine per month anymore. Right. And then in those patients, we have been trying what we call like non GLP one, uh, weight management type of medicine. So bupropion, which people know is for anti-depression or, um, smoking cessation. Wow. And you, you combine that with something called naltrexone, which is for alcohol cessation. And together they have these, uh, they hit some receptors in the brain that help, um, with, with food, satiety and the reward center, that kind of the craving type of stuff that you're describing. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. And so, and, and yet these medicines, this is the new thing. Like I had one viral TikTok because I'm like, Hey, has anybody else noticed that? Like, they're not craving alcohol anymore. Like <sighs> patients that have had alcohol abuse for a long time, yeah. it's just stop drinking. And then all of a sudden people are like, yeah, I'm not biting my nails anymore. I'm not gambling anymore. I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. Yeah. There's all these different addictions that are being, you know, I know. basically resolved by people going on this for, you know, their weight management or for obesity. And then all these different side effects. It's yeah. unbelievable. Do you think we'll see this drug used? like in other areas of addiction, just I, like with nothing to do with obesity. I, I do. I, it's going to take some time. It takes a long time to study these and make sure that it's safe in those people because we, we don't want to make people lose too much weight and make them frail and those, uh, that type of thing. Right. I, it, it's, being, it's being done right now. We actually have some um, research that we're doing right now, not in a randomized controlled experimental fashion, but we're, we're looking at our population and 
monitoring how much alcohol um, that they're that, and see if it's changing. Mm -hmm. There's there's a randomized control trial going on right now. I know at Chapel Hill, UNC, my alma mater. Yeah, they're doing nice. it there. They're doing it there. So I and I think there's going to be more and more research. And you know, I think what's going to happen. You know, barring some unforeseen issues, but like honestly, the, one of the largest studies for these drugs just came out called the SELECT trial. It was looking at uh, semaglutide and the Wegovy dose, the, the yeah. higher dose, in people that didn't have type 2 diabetes but had obesity and cardiovascular disease, and we saw a reduction in heart attacks. So like, and not only we saw a reduction in heart attacks, like all the things that we we're worried about, all the side effects that we're talking about. Right. Like, cancers and pancreatitis, all these different things, yes. there wasn't there wasn't a signal there. Now, I think they're going to go dive deeper into that data, but that was like a, almost like a four-year long study with, you know, thousands, of, you know, of people. And so I, it's safe to say that, hey, side effects include reducing your risk of heart attacks. Right. They, I, I won't lie. There, there are people that do get gallstones <laughs> once in a while, okay. which is probably one of the more severe things you'll see. And what does that like entail? Like, God forbid, if you are one of the people that yeah. is going to get that. So you can, you can lose weight so quickly. It changes the mixture of, of your bile. And what that does is that can create stones. And the okay. stone can get into the ducts that, that it comes out, the bile comes out of. And that can cause inflammation. And sometimes you got to get your gallbladder out. And then sometimes if that stone gets in the wrong place and get, it really cause pancreatitis, inflammation of your pancreas. Right. That's probably the most dangerous thing that it happens, but it's, it's relatively rare. So right. like, I, you know, these are things that you just, you want to make sure like, Hey, these are miracle drugs and you're not going to have any problems. There are sometimes you see some of these things and we just want to make sure that patients know the risks. However, I will say they're relatively low for those risks. So the, the, the benefits in the right, especially in the right patient far outweigh the risks. Exactly. And if there's some sort of weird cancer, we haven't seen it. We, there's, there's no signal right now. Right. Um, there, there's all sorts of, uh, studies going on to kind of see, to make sure, um, the thing is having obesity excess adipose can also put yourself at risk for certain cancers exactly. too. So like uh, as we're not seeing anything bad so far, but like, again, you know, cross our fingers and make sure. A big question I get from people is even though maybe their craving for alcohol does, you know, subside, people still want to be able to drink socially. Yeah. So they're like, what's the deal with drinking on yeah. these medications? Yeah. You know, it, it, you can slow down your gastric emptying. So it's possible you have to watch what you, you know, don't drink too much. It may change your tolerance. Right. But, and I'll be interested to hear what you say. Patients still enjoy yeah. the foods that they've enjoyed before. Yes. <laughs> they just don't have to have them. <sighs> Amen. Perfectly said. One of my best friends from childhood went on this. I was the inspiration for him. Ah. And um, he said, he was such a foodie. So he was like, am I going to hate food? I was like, no, you don't hate food. You just, you still, you go to, it's actually better. Because before I would feel so guilty about yes. ordering ketchup pepe. And now I will. <laughs> love ketchup, ketchup pepe. pepe. But now I'll, I'll like, I'll go and I'll have a little bit of bread. And I'll have the ketchup pepe. And I'll even order dessert. But like, I am self-monitoring because I'm like, well, I want that dessert. And I'm going to fill up on the ketchup pepe. So I have to be like, I have to stop myself and listen to my body when I am full. And it is a lot sooner than, it, I mean, I used to like clean play club big yeah. time. And now it's like, a fourth, a third, a half, whatever. I'm like the, I'm the doggy bag queen. 
And I love leftovers now. It's actually very cost effective at restaurants ah. and eating out. But I definitely like I still love food. If anything, I love it more because now there's not this anxiety and guilt around yeah, it. It's not on a pedestal anymore. Exactly. It's really interesting. That's the other thing, too. It's like I used to feel like every meal was the last supper, like I was mm -hmm. on freaking death row. And now I'm like, you will eat again. It gives you agency. It gives you it gives it puts choice back. That's what people say. Like obesity yep. is just a choice. It's like it's a choice. What are you talking about? I'm not choosing to have this obesity. What are you talking like? Yeah. It doesn't even make any sense. Now with these medicines, it's like, oh, now I, now I can eat what I I know I should eat, but I just didn't have control over before. Yeah, it's really unbelievable. I know we were talking about food, and obviously I love to eat. I know you love to eat too. Mm. Um, but I will say that um, the last time I had a weigh-in, I was down, and this is my fault. I was down four pounds in muscle mass. Mm. Let's talk about muscle mass, yeah. the importance of it, hydration, protein, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So the biggest determinant of whether you hold on to your muscle as you lose weight is resistance training. You okay. have to send a signal to your muscles to be like, hey, can you stick around for a little bit? We're going to need you for a little while. Exactly. Obviously, that's so simplistic, but like, that's truly how it happened. You have to send a signal to be like, all right, let's stick around and yeah. let's lose let's lose calories or energy from adipose, where ideally where it would come from. Mm -hmm. So you, when you look at these studies, you, you should see around this 25% or so of the weight at the most should be around, which should be lean mass, what we call lean mass. And that, that can be muscle, some of it bone, obviously a little bit. Um, there is a signal with semaglutide in a subset of, of that step one trial, the semaglutide uh, Wegovy trial, it looked like it was more in the high 30s. It was kind of interesting. So it's like, do these things cause lean mass, like muscle loss? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think so. I mean, I think there's some other studies going on. Terzepatide specifically, though, doesn't have that signal when you look at their subsets of the study. So I don't know what's going on with the semaglutide. Mm -hmm. But either way, even when you lose a lot of weight, regardless, whether it's bariatric surgery, whether it's diet alone, a, a good percentage can be muscle lean mass. So the way to minimize or mitigate it, resistance training has to be number one. And one, it doesn't have to be a ton, one to two days a week. Okay, and what is resistance it's, Okay, so resistance so training. Bad. No, it's okay. It's all right. Because when it, I did work out, it was always like cardio driven because I was yeah, so obsessed with that's, weight loss. So right. So yeah. that's what most people think. And, and honestly, cardio aerobic training is very good for you regardless. Okay. Um, resistance training, anything. It could, it, it, could be, it could be bands, it could be machines, it could be dumbbells, barbells, any way that you're, you're, you're pushing against weight in some resistive type of manner. It could okay. be push-ups, body weight, doesn't really matter. One to one to two days a week okay. uh, minimum. How long? It honestly it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be that long. It's more of like how many reps, reps. and sets and how close you get to like what we call like failure, meaning like until you can't do it anymore. You don't have to go all the way to failure. It's just like getting closer to that, meaning you're taxing your your muscles a little bit. Yeah, this is my agenda for 2024. Is like, right. is not like messing around. Yeah. No BS with like the, you know, the working out and like the resistance training. I know I have to do it. Also, I have like a great booty and yeah. it's I can tell she is going to start to it's resistance training. Go away. <laughs> resistance training will make sure that doesn't happen. So that's what people are like, Ozempic button, those things. And that's what happens when you lose weight regardless. Yeah. So like resistance training is, is, is key. That's, it's the most powerful thing. There are going to be drugs coming down the line that like probably build muscle. You don't have to do anything, but like, <laughs> I, 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 who knows what the safety profile on those right. are right now. They're in phase two trials. Who knows? So for right now, resistance training. Now the next thing is protein. Mm -hmm. A lot of people focus only on protein, but honestly, you really need that signal 
to make the protein effective. Okay. Protein can have a little bit of effect by itself. But, okay. um, so we, so with this, my big thing is like, look, I, I have a podcast, everything called Docs Who Lift. Like yes. I'm all about lifting weights. It's, it's what really formed and shaped my career, my athletic career, my academic career, all that different stuff. So resistance training was a big thing. I, we actually hired one of my buddies who's a, he's a PhD, um, behavioral scientist, strength coach as our, as our, uh, strength and fitness, uh, guy. He develops our resistance training programs, makes it so anybody can do it. So like you would be able to, to start doing it yourself. In, in. You're in. Done. Done. <laughs> and then, and then the other things we focus on. So this is called the GLP one pro. So for people listening, we have our telemedicine clinic, but we also have a, a program for those who, you know, I want to go to my regular doctor. I'm not going telemedicine, right. but I do want to get the the benefits of having the lifestyle you all promote. Right. We have a, something called the GLP-1 program. And this is for those who get their medicine from outside our clinic. Okay. And you can do all the lifestyle things that we do within our clinic. So, Which is important. It's been a cornerstone to a Weight Watchers, having yeah. that community, having that support. Like it really is, it's... It's very important, yeah. and I, I think it's the difference between succeeding and not succeeding. And, you know, the GLP ones definitely make it easier to get rid of that food noise and to yeah. drop the weight. But, uh, you know, I'm still me. Like, I'm going to still cut corners where I can. That's just been my identity. So I need Weight Watchers as a program to, like, remind me to, like, this is how much protein I need. Yeah. Um, you know, this is how much water I should be drinking. I also find comfort in the Weight Watchers program just because I feel like I speak it fluently. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like always with you. And yeah. I like it. It's like it's like a hug from a friend. It's like a warm blanket. Oh, that's not, yeah, it's, it's different from the core program. The core program's not going, everybody's like, oh, you guys are getting rid of points. You guys are just shilling drugs all over the place. It's like, no, no, no. We're helping people that need Amazing. the help. Amazing. So this program is different. It's focused on those who are taking a GLP-1. It's different. And so we don't have points because the, the, the medicines will help you reduce your calories and points, you know, automatically. We need to focus on the quality of weight loss, which means we have to focus on the quality of lifestyle and behavior change stuff. So protein is important. Resistance training is important. We do have a thing about focusing on fruits and vegetables, make sure you're getting in enough micronutrients, yeah. and vitamins and minerals and those types of things. And then hydration is important because sometimes people forget to drink and people are like, these drugs cause kidney failure. It's like, actually, the, the drugs are what we call like renal protective. They actually help improve kidney health overall. Wow. However, if you don't drink, you can get dehydrated and that can actually hurt your kidney. So we do make sure people focus on hydration too. How much water are we talking here? I mean, it was just standard eight. I mean, just eight, eight glasses. of right. nothing it's, it's nothing, nothing crazy. It's just making sure that you just like are cognizant of it. Are there any other side effects to these drugs that we have not yet touched upon? Constipation. Oh, good that? Lord. How could I forget? Yeah. Constipation happened. And actually the lifestyle stuff to improve that fluid. Water. Fibrous types of foods. You got it. And movement. And, that, you know, again, we don't force everybody to do resistance training. It could be any type of physical activity, but yeah. physical activity helps with that. So all those types of things. And then honestly, you can always supplement with fiber and you, there's all sorts of other things that we yeah. do. But um, constipation is the other one reflux we see obviously you're slowing down mm. the gastric emptying and so food can stay in your stomach more and then it can kind of gurgle back up type of stuff so you do see that once in a while once in a while diarrhea more actually interesting side effects we see fatigue once in a while and people think oh it must be from just not eating a lot of food oh yeah but it's not it's not there's something about the drug that some people just get this weird fatigue huh it resolves though for so all these side effects yeah I, I rarely see it to where it never resolves. Yeah, very, very livable, actually, I have yeah. to say. And the thing, too, is, you know, 
headlines are headlines for a reason. Like, I feel like we always hear the worst case scenario, right? Because there was a housewife of New Jersey who I love, Jennifer Fowler, and, um, or I'm sorry, Jennifer Fessler. And she um, talked about how she had to go to, she's on these, you know, Mm. uh, some variant of who knows exactly what she's on, Ozempic. Um, And she had to go to the hospital because she was so constipated. Oh, gosh. But those are like horror stories. Like, she is the exception, not the rule. Yeah, and ideally, we would mitigate, I mean, so we know that there's slowing gastric emptying, all these different things. It slows down how fast the food goes through. So, like, to minimize those side effects, lots of fluid fibrous food, all the things that we already know. So mm. just expect that it could happen to try to prevent that from happening. There's other there's other weird things. Some people feel their skin tingling, weird stuff. That, so I think some of it's, could, could some of it be like a little like psychosomatic? Well, some, some of it could be, you know, just placebo, placebo effect. And some people just get headaches and those things regardless of the medicine. So right. that's why we monitor and that's why you have the clinical trials. But mm-hmm. but skin tingling, no, it, there's something. It, 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 it happens to, to random people. Um but yeah, like what you're hearing right now in the news are like stomach paralysis. Yes. So that, you know, that's a, um, that's a, a colloquial phrase or name for what we call gastroparesis. You can get like the nerve endings uh, with type 2 diabetes and, and autoimmune diseases. You can get gastroparesis from damage to the, we call the autonomic system. Like what, we don't have to think about our stomach moving, right? So right. you have this autonomic system, nervous system that helps keep your heart and all these things functioning all the time. So you can get damaged with type 2 diabetes and, auto, and, and autoimmune diseases, but these medicines do slow down your gastric emptying. It slows the way your, your stomach works. And that actually, what I call, wanes over time. It actually you, you doesn't always have that effect as long as you take the medicine. But some people have reported that it's been permanent in them. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's not been reported in any of the trials. We've had tens of thousands of patients in our clinic. I monitor all the safety and all this stuff. I've never seen it. Who knows what the underlying issues? A lot of people that take these medicines have underlying type 2 diabetes and maybe right. autoimmune. So it's hard to know if the drugs cause it. But like there are people reporting it. I'm not going to, you know, tell them that didn't happen to you. Right. So I, I, don't, I don't know what happened. But those are the kind of the headlines you're seeing. Yeah. I would say it's, if it does happen, it's pretty rare. I don't, I don't know. I've yep. never seen it. Also, what do we say to people who are like, I cannot give myself a shot? Yeah, these these needles are tiny. I was on the news, on some news uh, channel, and this guy was like, hey, what, are you kidding me? People have to give themselves shots. I'm like, the needles, that the, the technology that they have now, yeah. these needles are teeny, 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 nothing, tiny. Nothing, nothing. You, you don't feel it. And, and so people, but I'm so afraid of needles. I'm like, it's not like uh, one of the, like a tetanus shot that you have no. to shove it into your muscle and, or even like a flu shot or anything. It's nothing like that. It goes into what's called it's subcutaneous, meaning it goes just under your skin, mm-hmm. right into your subcutaneous tissue. And it's, and the needles are so small, like, you, you have to feel it to believe it. Like they're just, you don't feel it. Yeah. Half the time. So sometimes I do it and sometimes my wife will do it for me and she's better administer her a better, better administer than I am, but I can't even feel it half the time that she yeah, does it. It's, it's amazing. So yeah, I, there are pills, um, that yeah, are going to be coming out. So there's, there's ribelsis. Now that one's only approved for type two diabetes at the moment, okay. but it is semaglutide. It's oral semaglutide and, and they have to put it in higher doses and they have to, um, prepared in a certain way because otherwise if the reason we can't just swallow these things all the time or drink the peptides is because our our stomach acid and our stomach will eat it all up and degrade it. Right. So they found a way to put it in a pill that helps uh, get it into our system. The thing is that one's only approved for type, di- type 2 diabetes and it's at a dose that will have very mild to moderate weight loss effects. 
they are they just studied it in a very very high dose that has similar effects to Wegovy, the higher dose of semaglutide injectable. So that maybe that will be approved in the next year or so. Mm-hmm. That's a daily pill. You have to take it with barely any water in the morning, no food for a long for thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and in order for it to absorb in your system. Um, but that's not out yet. There is there are then they found ways to not make it the peptide that gets degraded quickly in our stomach. And those, those are in what we call like phase two trials. Those aren't going to be out for, you know, a few years, but there are very promising oral versions. Now, everybody's like, why wouldn't they just take an oral? I don't know about you, but my patients are like, no, I'd rather just take it once weekly, for, set it, forget it. Same. Yeah. Same. I don't, I, I, I was really freaked out about the shock. Mm-hmm. I do not mind it whatsoever. So at least there'll be an option, but I, I honestly, I don't think there'll be a high adoption of those. What percentage of the population do you think is going to be on these drugs? Let's say even, I don't know, what, a year, <clears throat> five yeah. years? I, I think it's, it's you know, insurance, shortages, all these types of things. It's going to be low, maybe a few percent. But I, I do think, like, when we start talking about five, 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. God forbid something comes, some signal comes out going, oh, wow, there's something wrong with these. I just, I don't, I haven't seen it in the trials. They're very careful now. There are drugs mm-hmm. in the past. They didn't do these safety trials. I just don't think it's going to happen. I would bet the farm on it. But um, I think, I think it's going to be something like taking a multivitamin, a, a, an aspirin, a, a statin. I think, I think we're going to start seeing the paradigm shifting into obesity as a disease, more biological, why and what people are saying is like why would i why would i white knuckle this my whole time why would i just why wouldn't i just take this and make my life easier and then reduce and probably reduce my risk of of a heart attack right. beyond the weight loss by the way cuz they think that these drugs help reduce heart attacks not because of the weight loss but because of the way they hit the receptors on your heart wow. so like why not protect my heart why not you know again it has to be studied though we like on a wide population scale like i don't know I think a lot of people are going to be taking, a lot of people have obesity, overweight, and comorbidities. Yep. I just, yep. I think when the the supply chain is big, there's going to be tons of companies, con- tons of big pharma companies are jumping in. They're yep. like, you're a big pharma show. I'm like, I don't take money from big pharma. I right. make sure just because like, I know people are going to accuse me of that. Right. But I do think if we're just thinking of this, the, the way we think of technology and it's the same thing. Like, why would I use my rotary phone when I could use my iPhone? Literally, that's what's like. You know what? I'm gonna walk to the grocery yeah. store. I can't drive my yeah. car. It's crazy. Let's, hitch, let's hitchhike to LA <laughs> instead of like taking the plane. You know? But that's that's serious. Like that's because that's and you have to frame it like that. And they're like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. It's like, no, we have technology, and as long as it's safe, right? We don't want to just like because people. It's this is why obesity is so stigmatized. We put such a moral failing. It's it's moral. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, what else do we do that with? I have a friend who is thin and she admitted to me, this is so crazy. She was like, I'm, I'm upset about these drugs because now everybody gets access to what has always made me superior. Yeah. I was like, honestly, kudos That's, for being honest, but you're, you're a bitch. Yeah, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's this, but that's how, if you look at my social media, the comments, cause I have a lot of fitness people that follow me too. And yeah. they, they're, so they're, uh, they're, they're friend and you know, like, sorry, you can't, you know, uh, dupe people into your fad diets anymore. Your detox and cleanses and, and supplements and weird stuff that you're hiking. These things are going to be the ultimate equalizer. And like, yep. you know, like whatever, like we're going to have a better society for it. I mean, totally. here's, but here's what people say. Like, why don't, why don't we just change the food environment? Why don't we do this? Yeah, we should do that too. But yeah. like, 
how are you going to do that? It's going to take a lot of legislation. I don't even know. In the meantime. In the meantime, we have new technology that can help people navigate through this environment. And I feel like, like in this country, like we're talking about, you know, the food in this country, I just simply feel like, like when I go to Europe, right? I eat my face off. Yeah. I have the time of my life. And I come back like maybe gained a pound. And I'm like, I'm going to be like, is there any argument for like this drug kind of like giving us, like, I feel like in this country, we've kind of been disadvantaged when it comes to, um, the food that's put into our hands. Yeah. Whereas now like this is kind of giving us that edge that maybe yeah. other places have had before. And we're always like, you know, why are French women so thin? Yeah, it, it is environment. I mean, this is where people like, I can't believe you're saying it's genetic when it's environmental. It's both. It's, it's called both. a gene environment interaction. Right. So like when you have the genes and then you go into a certain environment, it, some people, again, we say some people just thrive. It doesn't yeah. matter. They can stay thin yeah. d- d- despite the environment. Whereas other people who have that genetic propensity, they start gaining the weight. And then the other thing that people don't understand is that once you gain the weight, there can be brain changes that occur. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't know when you had food noise or whenever, but some people describe it, you know, younger, some people develop it later when they develop the obesity. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this neurobiological underpinning of obesity to where people don't understand. It's not just the genetics. You have a propensity to gain the weight. Once you gain the weight, there can be brain changes that occur that then make it hard to lose the weight and keep it off. Cause then some people will be successful or I should say respond to uh, diet and exercise, but then they'll regain the weight over time because that's still that biological drivers yes. pushing them back. Me. Yeah. Totally. And, and the to environment. So yeah. if you like, so if you were in Europe, let's say, and you have an environment that's more conducive, you, despite having food noise in this, in this type of thing, you are forced through a path that it doesn't matter whether you have the food noise or not. Right. If that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Now with the drug, it basically shuts off that food noise to where it's like, oh, I'm in this environment, but I know what to do now. Right. It's different. It's just a different way of thinking of it. Before I let you go, I just want to touch upon this too, because it's been a big, you know, there's been a lot of headlines about it. Lots of questions about um, counterfeit. Oh yeah. um, Yeah. Drugs that are coming through the market. So um, what do you have to say about that? Yeah. Very scary. I mean, this is where you want to know where you're getting this medicine from. Precisely. You know, don't get this off of eBay or, or, you know, Medi spas and all these types of things. They're doing all sorts of compounding. Like my recommendation was, again, I don't make money from big farm people. Like you are a big pharma show. I promise I don't make money. You can go look it up. Mm. Get the medicine from an FDA approved source. If that's Zep bound for terzepatide or if you have type two diabetes, it's Monjaro. Ozempic, if you're going to get Ozempic, if you're prescribed that's semaglutide for type 2 diabetes, get it from an actual real legit pharmacy. Right. Don't go to some weird uh, black market pharmacy that's selling this on the side. Right. We go be the same thing. Okay. Um, you see, yeah, you see all sorts of weird contaminants. You see they're just counterfeiting these types of yeah. things. I wouldn't mess around with it. Um, I know people, the thing is, people are desperate. Desperate. And these medicines are expensive. So I, I can't. I can't blame them. I can only tell you what, like, if I were treating a family member, yeah. like, what I'd tell a family member, this is what I would do. Well, I feel like thanks to you guys in this program, now people are going to be able to have access to safer ways of yeah. accessing Yeah, we only drugs. do FDA-approved uh, versions yeah. of these. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Spencer. Anytime. I'd love to be on anytime. I could cry. Like, I feel like this is, it's done so much for my life already and I'm just like halfway through my journey and people like you and Weight Watchers like I literally I'm like getting emotional it's like I think it's it's saving my life it's saving my sanity it's you know it's giving me a chance to like fully experience like 
my life? Is that yeah. so dramatic? That's no, how it's I not. feel. That's what my patients say all the time. Oh. It's really, it's great to hear though. That's it's liberate. I just, I love to hear it because it, <laughs> it makes my job better, but it's like, I'm not, I'm just facilitating. Um, you guys, that is it for us. Um, Dr. Spencer, tell them again where they can follow you on social media. Instagram, Dr. Nadolsky, D-R-N-A-D-O-L-S-K-Y on Twitter, X or whatever you're calling it now. <laughs> Same thing, Dr. Nadolsky. On TikTok, I am Dr. Spencer. Mm-hmm. What's the podcast called, guys? So mine is Docs Who Lift, but there's Beyond the Scale that I do with Weight Watchers awesome. as well. You are the best. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much, you guys. That is it for us. Uh, you know I always say it. Rate, review, and subscribe. That's the way you tip your podcasters. And yeah, Until next week, bye, girl, bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.